Welcome to the first episode of the Catholic MMA Show. I'm your host, Christopher Lawrence. With me for this and all following episodes will be my co-host, Colt Kadesh. Colt is a young man with an extensive background in the martial arts. He's also a convert to the Catholic faith and a musician. Colt and I discuss the most recent of the UFC events being UFC 265, which as of this recording had just aired the day previous. We also discuss topics in general related to morality, Catholicism, and mixed martial arts. Yes, there is an overlap there. We get into it. We also talk about Colt's background in martial arts and competition, my background in largely only fandom for the martial arts, the mixed martial arts, and other topics that should be of interest equally to Catholics and fans of MMA. Here now, episode one of the semi-regular Catholic MMA show. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the purpose of the show. We were talking, we did an interview for my other show, Sequel Virtues, and afterwards we were chopping it up a little bit, and turns out that we're both fans of the martial arts. Um, I, in particular, a fan of the UFC, and you uh, have a bit of a background in the martial arts. Is that right? It is right. Yeah, that's correct. So can you tell us a little bit about what that background is, if you're still if you're still practicing any martial arts, and and what styles you've kind of been involved in? Sure, sure thing. Um, so, you know, when I was little, even like a, just a young toddler, since that time, I've been a, just the biggest Bruce Lee fan. Bruce Lee was my idol growing up. Um, you know, for as long as I can remember, Bruce Lee was just my idol, and um, I would just mimic his moves on screen. I would just, you know, just mimic like his facial expressions, everything. Um, yeah, just his presence, just his whole aura, just his charisma and his skill just like blew me away. Um, I loved everything about the martial arts since since really Bruce Lee. And um, when I was three and a half, I there was a karate school down the street from me um, around the corner. And my mom took me there and I just told her, like, I just looked in the window and I was just like, Mom, like, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And um, she signed me up. And that karate school is no longer there. It's in a nearby town, like 10 minutes down the road. And that's the same school I've stuck with since I was three and a half. Um, and that's style that was taught there, um, is taught there, is uh, one that like a lot of people haven't really heard of in America, especially. Um, it's called Kunyek Do, K-U-N-G-E-K-D-O. It's a Korean system. Um, and like growing up, I used to like feel conflicted about it. Cause I was like, nobody else is doing this. You know, it's like all like Taekwondo or like, you know, um, like Japanese karate or, or whatnot, you know, like no one else was doing the style I was doing, but now I kind of take pride in it because, uh, you know, I'm a fourth on now. I got my fourth on in December and I kind of feel like I'm kind of like at the helm of it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a big part of helping it spread you know, um, in the, in this country, cause it's really not taught a lot of places in the United States and in Korea, South Korea, it's called Kyuktugi. That's what it's mainly known as. And it's a sport over there. Uh, not so much as far as I know, a, you know, um, school with like, a you know, forms and, 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 and patterns and, curriculum and whatnot it's more sort of sports so it's you know um it's korean kickboxing is what it is so um a lot of the korean my master told me that a lot of the korean guys that do the k1 and that do and that do mma um they practice kick to gi you know um and what it is is it's a hybrid art it's um mainly like taekwondo techniques so we have you know our kick kicking techniques um that like taekwondo is known for um the high kicks different kicks and as well as some Muay Thai techniques that they implement. So, you know, we have the the knees and the elbows, you know, those those brutal weapons, you know, as well as uh, some joint locks and throws and whatnot from from arts like Hapkido. So it's a bit of a, you know, a, a, a mixed bag, but that's what makes it a great a great style. And it is like a mixed martial art, you know. And um, like I said, I, I'm proud to, 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 to have gotten this far with it. You know, God's blessed me in that. Because what I've done with it is been uh, a tournament competitor since I was five years old. I've been, um, you know, competing nationally and internationally, which I've been blessed to do, you know. Um, 
with karate, I've been uh, blessed to go to all throughout the United States competing. Um, I've been to Canada. I've been to the Caribbean. I've been to Trinidad. Uh, in, in the Caribbean, I've been to Trinidad, Tobago, Guyana, St. Lucia. Um, and I've been to the most recent, recent uh, escapade. The biggest one was uh, Uzbekistan in Central Asia, which was crazy. You know, so I've been blessed to compete. Um, you know, it's taken me around the world. Like a lot of people don't get to say that, you know. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, I did, I did not know any of that. And, and I don't I don't think I am familiar with with that style. That sound it sounds like exactly what you said. Like in itself, it is a mixed martial art. That's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. So then I have to ask you, have you been able to watch any of the fights of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the UFC. I sure have. And so <clears throat> this is the thing is with me is like guys like Steve uh, Wonderboy, um, MVP, who I haven't really been following Wonderboy's career recently or MVP. I, you know, I haven't watched UFC like religiously. Um, I don't even know if M- MVP is still fighting. He may be. Um, uh, who else? There's a kickboxer named Raymond Daniels, who I don't know if he's competed in UFC. I know he competed in Bellator. Um, but all these guys are karate guys and they utilize techniques such as the blitz, which is like just a kind of charging, you know, back fist reverse punch, you know, they do the spinning kicks It's beautiful. Like, you know, it's all the stuff that I kind of came up, came up on, you know, and like that it's, they're really, cause I know Wonder Boy's a, he's, he's a champion kickboxer, but he's a, I, you know, he would do great in point fighting. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt he's a champion point fighter too, I think, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with MVP, but he's a point fighter. And, Michael um, Venom Page. Yes. Yeah, yes, Michael Venom Page. Yeah, and he's super quick. All these guys are super quick, but they these te- these techniques, the blitz, the you know the 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 fast hands, but also the, the the kicking ability. This is point karate, point point fighting. You know that's what I came up on. Now my my school was not the elite you know we 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 just did like regular point karate uh kicking and punches but we weren't taught per se those sports skills so the blitz and different types of footwork and and things like that my master was he competed in kiktugi in korea but he was also a kickboxer in the united states and he was trained by joe frazier's former coach and he won some kind of like mid-tier championships, you know, um, back in his heyday. Um, Ki Kim, he's a, a Korean gentleman. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't taught the kind of sport, elite sport tactics. I had to compete and learn those and go on the circuit and see what people were doing and, be, and like see the speed of these guys and see like, you know, these tactics that they were learning. Because what these guys are learning is sport karate. I was not taught sport karate per se. Um, you know, my school that I grew up in does did tournaments and even hosted tournaments, but not to the the extent of some of these other schools out here, you know. So I was one of the most prominent guys out of my school going to tournaments and representing my school. So I picked up on a lot of these sport tactics and I would bring them back to the school and teach it to the kids, you know. But things like the blitz and the uh you know, Superman punch, you know, like the these kind of different techniques like um it blows my mind seeing them in mma because it's just like what i grew like it's you know it's, it's, it's my thing and like it's like great to see it because it's like you know even like uriah hall or like chuck liddell or leona machida like these karate guys like i just love it like it's it's karate you know it's like yeah uh, well, I, I was gonna know. i yeah. was gonna bring leona machida because a lot of what you say makes me think of him because I think he was probably the first person to bring the karate style to the forefront in mixed martial arts. And yes. for a long time, he was considered like a puzzle that couldn't be figured out. Um, mm. But then eventually he did get figured out by wrestlers. So these mm. elite wrestlers, um, Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero and Phil Davis, these guys beat Leon Machida and they were some of the first to really do it. But once that happened, well, not that it was over for him, but he wasn't considered this great mystery anymore. But what I like about what you say about what you study is that it's not a pure 
stand-up karate style. You say that there's there is some groundwork involved with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least the the system that I grew up on. Now, you know, Leona Machida, for example, he's a Shotokan expert, like proponent of Shotokan karate, which is traditional Japanese karate. And I love talking karate. I love talking martial arts. I love talking history and culture of martial arts. But I had to learn Shotokan because when I went to Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan was the most different experience ever for me. It was like the cap of my whole career because what I it was not with my system. It was not with Konyekdo. I had to go to Philadelphia and learn Shotokan and learn WKF style uh, karate, which is WKF as a whole circuit. The Olympics, like when the karate that's going to be in the Olympics, uh, I don't think it's started yet, but karate is for the first time in the Olympics this year. That's going to be WKF style. You're going to be seeing, you know, guys one-on-one with one guy who has a blue belt on, one guy has a red belt on, one guy has red hand gear one guy has blue hand gear that doesn't represent their rank it just represents the the, the, the the just two corners right and that's what they call kumite is their fighting and you know you're going to be seeing that and you're going to be seeing the forms competition that is wkf style and that's like olympic style and that's what i had to learn i had to go to philly and learn a whole new way you know and me personally my um expertise is 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 forms you know is is kata you know the 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 pattern practice um and so i had to learn all new forms you know what i'm saying and and usually but anyway so leo machida he's a he's a he's a shotokan guy and what i learned in philly was shotokan so which i wanted to learn for the longest time you know because they have beautiful forms and um so i went to uzbekistan and i i I competed in kumite and in kata fighting in forms and i think i took first in forms and second in fighting um but yeah man it was just a beautiful experience but traditional japanese karate is pretty much kick punch you know like right it, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty kick punch and like these guys like wonder boy and mvp they're not just kick i mean they're kick punch but it's more flash like i would say if i could ascribe it to that yeah i understand what you mean so yeah so okay since you you've really studied this and you've traveled the world doing this let me ask you something. This perception of karate being inefficient as an actual fighting art, is that something that's kind of particular to the West? Um, in other words, you know, things like the Karate Kid movies. I don't think anybody watched the Karate Kid and thought, wow, that's that's the way you can really defend yourself. They said, OK, this is a movie, but it's a little silly. And and mm-hmm. so this idea of and, and then, of course, with the rise of the UFC and, and pride fighting in Japan, mixed martial arts where initially no one was was adopting a karate style and if they if they did they were getting often taken down and taken out is is this idea though then that that developed here in the west that that karate is just for show or for or for point fighting or for sport is that localized here in in your travels around the world is is is, is, are the karate forms and 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 i guess it it depends on style versus style too but Generally speaking, are they taken more seriously as an actual fighting art, as a, as a, as a self-defense um, art in in the East and other parts of the world than they are in America? That's a that's a good question, man. I would say like because of the UFC, like karate is kind of diminished in like what's the word practicality in people's heads. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, if you went to a kickboxing event or like a real for money point fighting event like raymond daniels mvp jotty tension these guys are fast they're fast as heck like and it you would be intimidated like you would like because they're only fighting for points like they're only fighting for like boom like the fastest split second technique you know that makes contact you know the the whole japanese philosophy is like i guess point fighting they do because it's like this one technique should be able to kill a person, right? Like that's kind of like the philosophy. And, um, but these guys are really fast and it, it, like in your head, it's like, nah, this is something I would like to learn. Cause they're, they're fast as heck. Like, and I think they could really defend themselves. You know, um, I do think that in the West it's more myth- mythical, like because of things like Tekken, street fighter, dead or alive, mortal Kombat, these video games, like all the video games are like stand up karate video games. You know what I'm saying? Like the only real like 
UFC-esque stuff that was like on TV is UFC. Like, <laughs> like I feel like the UFC brought the the realness of what fighting was, you know, with with the the practicality of wrestling and jujitsu and Muay Thai and stuff. Um, to because the thing is like like when I say mythicalized, it's like because in the West we have all these movies, right? We have Chuck Norris, we have John Claude Van Damme, we have Bruce Lee. All these guys are stand-up guys because the jujitsu and the wrestling, that's not entertaining. Like, at first thought, you know what I'm saying? Like, until UFC came, like, now we see you mix it up with different fighting arts it's entertaining. But on the movie screen, you had to, like, kick a guy in the face, you know what I'm saying? Like, you couldn't just wrestle him. That's not really entertaining per se, you know? I think I told you off air before we were recording that when I first started watching UFC or Pride uh, FC in Japan, I hated it because because so often these guys end up on the ground. And I was like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. And yeah. my friend that kind of introduced me to it said, no, listen, you got to keep watching. You got to learn what these guys are going for. And then that becomes the most interesting part of the fight. And I was like, get yeah. out of here. This, this is terrible. No, he yeah. was – it was right because now years later, if a fight goes to the ground and I got like two high level grapplers in there, I'm riveted. Like I, yeah. I'm watching all with my limited understanding. I'm watching all their moves and I'm listening to the commentary team and seeing what this guy's trying to attempt, what submission he might be going for, how he's trying to get into position to 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 enact some ground and pound. You know wh- where where his hips should be, where his legs should be. It's so complex and it really is like a chess match. But if you don't know what you're looking at, I think you would agree with this. It's just what you said. It's two guys <laughs> rolling around on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to see one of them get up and kick the other one in the face. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, and it's like my appreciation for the ground the ground stuff has has like I, I'm I'm getting more of it all every time I watch MMA. More and more I watch it, I get more appreciation for it. Like when I watched uh the Chiesa fight, um versus um uh, who did he just fight um, on the card? Sensei um, Luke. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, like that was my first time seeing both of those guys fight. And when Luke put in the the the, the, the uh, excuse me the Darce choke, I've yeah. never like I've never heard of that before. Like the, wow, the Darce choke. And I've you know I don't think I've seen it either. And I was just like wow, that's like very interesting. It was interesting because so yeah, let's talk about that. So as of as of this recording, the most recent UFC event is UFC 265. Uh, the main event being Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon, and we'll get into that one in a little bit also. But one of the big um, earlier fights on the main card is Michael Chiesa, who was known as a rear naked choke specialist. Rear naked He's choke, won yeah. So many of his bouts. Kind of in the same manner that that Ronda Rousey won. All, well, I don't want to talk about her, but <laughs> Ronda Rousey won. <laughs> The majority of hers by armbar, Chiesa was known for having an inescapable rear naked choke. And Luke mm. known as just a general um, high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. But still, it seemed like uh, the odds makers felt that maybe Chiesa's size, having moved up a weight class, and his range and that that ability to leap in for a takedown and secure the rear naked choke would be too much for Luke. Well, as we know, as it turned out, this was almost the case, right? Because yeah. it, one of the exchanges, stand-up exchanges, Luke um, came in for, I think it was a left hand, uh, second left hand. He had landed one clean already. And um, in the midst of throwing that that punch, Chiesa jumped in for a double leg, took him to the ground, got behind him, as is his specialty, and sunk in that rear naked choke now i was thinking boy this is not good it's over no it wasn't over (laughs) because somehow luke being so high level he escaped and then as you mentioned transitioned and sunk in his own beautiful darce choke and ended the fight um yeah what did you think watching that going down did 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 it seem to you like once Kiesa had, because you, you can see, even not having seen these guys fight before, you can see that Kiesa has that body style, that lanky, long style that's, right. that's obviously very good for striking, as you would know, because of the reaches there, but also for grappling, because if you've got those limbs, they're like cantilevers, right? You're, you're, you're working them around either pressure points or to secure leverage in an arm bar or to get your forearm around 
somebody's neck to to uh, pinch off those 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 arteries. It's it's, it's what we call a blood choke uh, in the rear mm. naked choke. So if you see Kiesa wrap that big long gangly arm around yeah. Luke's neck, right? Did, were you convinced that, that that was the end also as I was, um, or did you think that maybe uh, there was some chance that Luke would get out, which he eventually did? No, man, I thought it was over with because, you know, you saw, like, his neck was, like, torqued. Like, he had his neck – I think at first he was, like, a standard rear neck and choke, but then they both were kind of on the on the ground, and Luke's neck was just, like, turned. And I was like, oh, no, like, it's it's over with, you know? I don't know how he got out of that. You know, I really don't – I thought it was just done for, but he, he somehow did, like, and then put in his own submission on. Like, that was, that was like, a highlight of the night. It was crazy. Yeah, it's it. You know what I what I found is um, something that these guys possess, and obviously they train for it a lot. That I, that I don't think I do is that they have this ability to just remain super calm in these situations, and that's how they, when they are able to escape, that's how they do it. It's technique, but it's also restraint because they're not mm-hmm. they're not breathing heavy, they're not panicking, they're not thrashing, they're not going crazy. Like okay, this guy's got. Now I'm sure that knowing. That they are in a, a octagon with a referee, and that the guy's not going to kill them makes it right. makes it easier to remain calm. If it was like a street fight situation, it might be a little bit different. It might probably be a lot easier to panic. Um, yeah. But but they're 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 but still the fight or flight. I'm sure for most people, most normal people, kicks in at that point, no matter what the circumstances are. But these guys are able to suppress that and go to somewhere where where they're working out in their head how to solve the puzzle that they're in. It doesn't become a uh like an animal trapped in a corner it becomes like a tactician trying to decide on their next strategy and and someone like luke was so high level just so high level so impressive yeah he was yeah. able to keep re- readjust and pop his head out and escape and um and then as you said just get just get key just work his way around to get keys and which is the darces and i don't have to describe it um audibly for people that don't that don't know but the Dars is a I love it. It's a beautiful choke. It's 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 the part of the forearm towards the elbow, underneath the chin, but from the front position, not like a rear naked choke, and then the other right. arm kind of over the back of the head and applying the pressure. Um it's not at all similar. People are gonna start thinking about like a bulldog choke or a headlock. No, it's much more there's a lot more finesse to to this than there is to that. Um and yeah, Luke just locks locks this in and and then still I'm thinking Kies is so powerful in, in at this at this weight, and he, yeah. he seems to have such a. Because maybe we should talk about this. Something that a lot of people I think don't don't understand is is how weight classes work, and I'm sure you do. But mm-hmm. these guys quite often, again, maybe another episode we'll, we'll devote some of it to this because I'm not a, I'm not a fan really of of, of weight cutting and and, and yeah, it's episode. like yeah, man, it's like deadly yeah. it could be. Yeah, I don't like it at all. And in a future episode, maybe we can get into the detail what, why that is. But what what a lot of fighters do is they'll 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 pick a, a weight class that they think they can make. So if a guy's walk, walk around weight, which which means their normal outside of training weight is let's say it's I don't know 190 pounds, they'll say I'm gonna fight at 170. I'm gonna cut weight to 170, meaning eat next to nothing dehydrate myself basically uh the, the the day or two before the fight so that so that my body weight comes way down mm-hmm. i weigh in on the scale at 170 pounds then i rehydrate myself so now when i get in there into the octagon the ring the cage whatever it is now i have a size advantage because i'm bigger than i should be um bigger than someone who's walking around at 170 now one of the things that right. doesn't make sense about this to me is well the other guy's doing the same thing so yeah. <laughs> more often than not <laughs> you're not getting that 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 advantage now there are there are instances where some guys just have a body type where their 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 weight is not that flexible they're kind of stuck around whatever it is when they train when they weight cut and 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 in those instances another guy who has a more of a malleable physique can get that advantage after rehydrating so what someone like Chiesa used to do was really dehydrate himself to get down to his weight class. He wasn't doing good. Mm. He wasn't doing good at all. He's naturally – I mean you saw. He's a big dude. He's a big yeah. guy. So yeah. now that he's up to this weight class, he can come in at his full healthy size. And he looks like he was just going to manhandle Luke all over the place. 
But yeah. but as we see, and this is a, a frequently happens, especially now that that the UFC and MMA has advanced so far, technique wins out over pure power every time. Now, before people jump to any conclusions about what I just said, you cannot. There is not this mythical. Um, technique or system of 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 techniques that allows let's say a 110 pound woman to overpower and defeat a 200 pound man i don't care what you say right sure it doesn't exist but 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 what i mean is in the case of pure brute strength versus slightly less strength and and perfect technique slightly less strength and perfect technique will win nearly every time. Do you you agree with that? I agree. I agree. That's why I, I had Don as my, you know, uh, my favorite to win the, the, the Lewis fight. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Let's, let's (laughs) so, so the main event of the evening. Now I have to confess, I am in Texas where we are big fans of Derek Lewis. Uh, especially in, in the people in, no, I'm not in Houston, but the people in Houston are crazy for Derek Lewis, but all of Texas really, who are MMA fans, we love Derek Lewis. Um, Derek Lewis is a knockout artist. Quite often Mm -hmm. we've seen Lewis down in the cards, on the scorecards, in fights, going into the third, fourth round, just getting beaten up. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he lands that big punch, and it only takes one from Derek Lewis, and the other guy is out. So before this fight, what I was seeing a lot of on social media, on the MMA sites, on the um, lead-up videos in the comment sections for the UFC 265 with people saying, yeah, um, something like I said to you, it was a joke going around the internet, right? People would just say things like, well, Cyril Gaon, who's Derek Lewis's opponent, Cyril Gaon is, is, is too athletic. He's too quick. He moves too well. He has superior technique. He has superior fight IQ. He's too elusive. He's too quick. He's too smart. Um, he's a much better all-around martial artist. Anyway, Derek Lewis by fourth round KO. Now, this is <laughs> that was going around because yeah. we've seen it happen so many times. We did not see it happen this time. We absolutely did not see it happen this time. So I, I with 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 your background and your knowledge, I'd like you to maybe um, take and break down a little bit what we saw from Gon that kind of shut down Lewis's whole game. Because it was, it was that that kind of um, at range, outside, uh, picking him apart that and remaining elusive that that plays into like a uh, comes from like a karate kind of style, uh, karate yes. kind of base. Right. Is that is that what you saw in the fight? Absolutely. I saw Lewis backing up a whole lot. Um, I saw Gon totally confident the whole time, like not sweating him at all, not showing any fear at all. Gon's stance, his stance quite frequently, he was bouncing on his toes, hands down, hands down, almost like a point fighter, like a straight up karate point fighter, like as if he could pounce at any moment, he could kick you in the face, you know, and I know he's a Muay Thai champion. So, you know, he has also those in range weapons. He has those elbows and knees. Um, I think he has good knowledge of distance, like how to get in, close the distance quickly, get out quickly. Um, but he was totally confident the whole time. And I just don't think Derek could have could like touch him. Like Derek wasn't scoring that one knockout shot on Gon because Gon was smart. Like he just his whole presence just said, like, you're not going to like, I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? He looked very confident the whole time. Yeah. And. Gone did kick him with a street roundhouse kick in the face, like at least once. Like and I was just the whole time I was just waiting for it. I was just like he he's just kick him in the face whenever he wants to, I feel like. Yeah, and and, and, and making use of teep kicks, right? To just kind of keep yes, Derek. That, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, that, that Muay Thai teep kick, exactly. Yeah. And um and anytime Dewis would Dewis, anytime Lewis <laughs> would try to come in and swarm, Gone just wasn't there. Now yeah. the the, the he just wasn't there to be found. Now the the crowd in Houston. Now I I don't know if I mentioned this took place in Houston. This is Derek Lewis's home hometown. Yeah. The crowd in Houston obviously did not like that because Lewis would come forward looking for that one big punch, and Gon would not be there. In some instances he was even turning around and kind of running away. 
not mm. uh, in a cowardly way, the way that Conor McGregor did in some of his fights. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> that, but in in a smart way, just getting out of there, just not being there. Yeah. He knew that that Lewis didn't have, and I think that uh, unfortunately, and people may be surprised if they haven't watched Derek Lewis before. This may have been Lewis in the best shape I've ever seen him, and it still wasn't enough because Gon wow. still knew that Lewis just doesn't have that gas tank. He had to conserve his energy, like he he. He needed to retain that power to have that hope of that that one-shot knockout in the later rounds. If he gets gassed, yeah, it might still be there, but it's not going to have that same sting. He might not put him away. Um, if he's right. got to chase this guy around the ring for three rounds, hmm. And oh, the right. other thing that I was doing that was that was so smart, and I, and I definitely want your take on this because recently – now, I know you haven't been watching religiously for a while, but and you're getting back into it now, but but in the last few years – and it's I don't know why it took so long, because to me, now that it happens, it seems like such common sense. But a mm. big technique in every high level fight that you see are these guys just beating up the lead leg of their opponents with kicks yeah. because it takes away because then they want to go and, and push off of that foot to throw a big shot. And they can't. It's not there. anymore. Right. Exactly. It's too beaten up. Yeah. God's making use of this against Lewis also. I mean, he had yeah. all. So what I want to ask you about that is, what do you think about that technique in general, number one? Number two, why do you think it took so long for that to come to prevalence in the UFC when it seems like such a no-brainer? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Now, I'm trying to remember in the fight, was Gon checking his leg or was he doing like those Muay Thai like round kicks to the thigh? No, he was doing, was, he was doing, yeah, he was doing those round, like those half roundhouse kicks to the thigh. Yeah. And Lewis was not any of them, which was really frustrating because and maybe we should, maybe we should explain this to people too that are listening. To check a kick means basically you're lifting your leg up so that you're not, you're getting that shin on shin uh, clash. You're not getting hit to the more vulnerable part of the leg. If you're just planting and leaving your leg down there and you're getting whipped with a kick, you're getting beat up. If you lift yeah. your leg, you're doing damage actually to, in, in a lot of cases, to your opponent. And we saw this most dramatically in uh, initially when when Chris Weidman had a rematch with Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Anderson was just because he knew that Weidman had that wrestling base. So he was another thing that's effective at neutralizing is the, the shot, the wrestling shot. If you beat up that lead leg, a wrestler can't push off the shoe mm, for those doubles. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. So Anderson Silva was trying to beat up those legs of Chris Weidman so that he couldn't couldn't push off to shoot. But uh, the problem was Weidman was checking those kicks. And after a number of them, Anderson Silva's leg snapped in half. It literally. Like a rubber now, band. If you didn't yeah. see this, this was nasty. Um, yeah. It half wrapped around Weidman's leg. What Derek yep. Lewis was doing was not that. He was standing very flat-footed, as is his want. He was kind of plotting. He was not checking us. And it always frustrates me. It always frustrates me, especially now yeah. because these guys, they're so high level. They've been in the game at a high level for a considerable period of time. They know these kicks are coming, and they don't check them. I don't understand. So it was very frustrating to, to watch that, and, and it was masterful on Gon's part because it, it took away a lot of this thing that, that, that Lewis had. It was taking away his only weapon, which is to surge forward with that big shot, right? So, so yeah. again, yeah. Why, why do you think why do you think it is that that these guys only in the last couple of years have started realizing that this is a super effective tool? That's um that's a good question, man. You know, I, I I don't I don't know. I think like you know just as the sport evolves, like and as people start coming with more skill sets. For example, Gon's a Muay Thai guy. The Muay Thai fighters they 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 train on bamboo trees. You know, they train those round kicks with the shin. You know, they train their shin to be just a deadly. You know. They, they just whip those hips around, just follow through. It's not as much as snapping like Taekwondo kick where you kind of snap it and bring it back. It's more so just a just a freaking baseball bat, you know, swing. And um, they do it to the to the to the rib cage, to the legs, especially. And I feel like, you know, that's a Muay Thai guy's go to. So, like, unless you're fighting one of those guys, you may not, you know, come across it or, or, or whatnot. Or like a, a kickboxer will do it as well. But <clears throat> Um, that's a good question, man. I think, you know, maybe Lewis in, in particular isn't used to that technique, but 
I do think there's a bit of a rise in prevalence because what I always was fascinated by was when I watched uh, John Jones fight, he does that that oblique kick, that signature. That oblique kick, yeah. I yeah, hate that. that signature. <laughs> I like that move. I like that move a lot. That, it reminds me of Bruce Lee, actually. Bruce Lee's movies, he, 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 he would do that, um, just kind of check the leg, like, you know, bending the knee back. Like, I... And I, people hate it. Like I've, you know, heard many people say they hate that move. Like, yeah, I think it. it's just like a cool move. I, I just think it's sick. Like I, just, I just think that's like no one else was doing it, but I, to my knowledge. Yeah. Well, in 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 fairness, I partially hate it because it's Jones doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Anything yeah. that guy does, I'm gonna hate on. Um, yeah. In fact. Yeah. In fact, I was I was hoping that the UFC would announce that they finally had corralled Jones into a fight at heavyweight and that he was going to fight gone because I just want to see Jones get beat up. And wow. I think that's, I think that's exactly what would happen. I think he would have nothing for him. Now, wow. am, am I a little biased? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm also a, a, a Cormier fan. I'm a big DC fan. I don't like how all that stuff went down. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, and I don't like the fact that initially Jones used Christianity as a shield for whatever nonsense he got himself up to. That really. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When he would do all his, you know, extracurricular activities and then come on. To, now, eventually he dropped that because he, he just kept getting found out. But exactly. then come to say like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a good Christian and look like a Bible verses tattooed on me and, and right. y'all can trust me. And, 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 and people would say, these other fighters would say, listen, this is not, <laughs> this is not who this guy <laughs> You don't know. Right. You want to hear this guy in the locker room behind the scenes like this is not this is fake. And people are like, no, you all just jealous. You're all just taking shots at Jones because he's the best. No, they were right. I mean, these guys like DC and these other guys that were that were that were calling this out. I think even Donald Cerrone at one point was like Jones is a dirtbag like behind the scenes. Wow. They all proved right because <laughs> now I guess maybe you're a John Jones fan. I hope I'm not. Well, uh... <laughs> yo, yeah, no, see, and that's the thing, like, and it comes with, like, not watching MMA, like, for, because I didn't even know that he was using the faith in that way. All I knew was that he has Philippians 413 on his chest, you know what I'm saying? Which, yeah. you know, like, when I see him fight with that on his chest, I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's cool. But right. all I see is, yeah. like, all, <laughs> all I see is him, is him getting in trouble, you know, for getting, getting popped for, like, either drugs or, like, drunk driving or something. And then the, the DC beef, which was, pretty beefy you know it was pretty real and yeah. like um and he you know i just that's all i saw but i didn't even know that he was kind of referring because that that is kind of a low blow that's kind of that's bad oh, yeah. you know it's a oh yeah that's, know, kind, that's, of, kind of exploit the faith that's exactly what he was doing that's exactly that's what he crazy. wanted he was trying to present this like good christian boy image and in the meantime wow. he was getting up i mean he 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 drunk drove and crashed into a pregnant woman's car you might have known this. He yeah, fled the like scene that. on foot. He returned to grab his cocaine <laughs> out of the <laughs> and then took off again. I, I mean, you can't make this up. Yeah. yeah. And all the whole yeah, time was like, you know, oh, no. Oh, I just made mistakes and I'm a Christian and Jesus will forgive me. All right, fair enough. If, if you're sorry. But you, right. you don't keep doing right. it, John. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Yeah, and that's, have, that's and it's horrible. Like you know, and now ever since he finally got found out, he's just been the worst. I mean, he just says terrible stuff. He's 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 he started basically at the level that McGregor rose to as far as despicable trash talking, like just mm. saying vile stuff. Like McGregor is. Wow. Like he's he's since this is the Catholic MMA show, we should talk about these things. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> the I think it, a lot of a lot of the the commentators on the sport in general, they don't have as much of a vested interest in the the moral aspects of it in this sense. Morality, someone yeah. like I would, right? Being being right. practicing Catholics, so mm -hmm. I'm all for, and I don't have a problem with trash talking to sell a fight. That's fine. I I. Yeah. I do kind of bemoan a little bit and miss a little bit the days of pure mutual respect between two yeah. martial artists in the earlier UFC for a while. Um, yes. was happening somewhere along the line. People realized that that doesn't sell as well. Once the sport mm -hmm. took, uh, people realized that these, these, what we call the casual fans were not getting hooked by the idea of 
two very high-level athletic competitors going in there and competing at their sports to the best of their abilities to be the better man in that night and that they maintain respect all the way leading up to <coughs> excuse me, and respect after the fight. The, the casual fans weren't interested in that. They wanted, you know, they wanted to see trash talking and 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 hate and all this stuff, which I, I really don't. But I, but I, un, to an extent, I understand. What I don't like are things like, okay, aside from McGregor and John Jones, one of the main things that's really bothered me in UFC recently, and I don't know how much of this maybe you're aware of, maybe maybe none of it. Um, there's a fighter named Colby Covington. Mm, oh yeah, man. Oh, okay. My. So Colby Covington, by all accounts, in reality, is a very, very nice young man, (laughs) a very generous, yes, a very generous, mild-mannered, kind young man. But somewhere along the line, the UFC brass told him he was going to get cut, not because his record was bad, because it was not, but because people just weren't interested in him. He was boring. Shortly after that, Colby Covington became a terror. He became this character yeah. who uh, lived and died by MAGA, right? That was that was mm-hmm. that was his religion, yeah, basically, yeah. and embodied all. Now, however, you, whatever you feel about about Donald Trump, yeah, um, politics. I have I, I, at this point, I have very mixed feelings about about Donald Trump. Now, at the time, obviously. Obviously, mm-hmm. just just to be upfront about it, I would have taken Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But I would have taken a lot of people over Hillary Clinton <laughs> every mm, day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, I, I I think that, I don't want to make this a political podcast. I think that 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 in hindsight, the most effective thing that Donald Trump did was was purely exist because his existence showed where a lot of people really stood. Right? It brought out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. True feelings were. Other than that, you know, whatever. But anyway, that's a a big point, man. Yeah. So Colby Covington embodied kind of a lot of the worst of Trump supporters, right? These stereotypes of what people thought of Trump supporters, and just ran with that as a character and got had a lot of success with it. I mean, whether people hated him, which was a lot, or loved him, they were interested in him. Now Colby was getting attention. Now Colby was getting big interviews. Now Colby was getting the money fights. Now Colby was fighting for the belt, right? Where, whereas, as I said, he was about to be cut. Now he's the same fighter, right? In the octagon, on the mat, his skills are the same. He was still at the same level pre-MAGA character that he is now embodying this MAGA character. So what changed? What changed was these casual fans like to reward bad behavior. It's as simple as that. And that's an aspect of the sport now, having watched it grow, that I don't like, that I'm not on board with. I I don't like – and here's another example I'll give you, and then I want to get your – after I'm done rambling, I want to get your thoughts on all this as a a practicing Catholic. Another one of the things that, that, that I surprised me was I found myself very much so, and more and more so, as a Catholic, rooting for a very devout Muslim, right, over someone mm. from an ostensibly very Catholic country in Ireland. Yeah, that's interesting. Because all I see from Khabib is respect, is uh, pointing all his gratitude towards God, Right. In fact, he said in a recent interview, someone they were asking him, Brett Akimoto, who's a, one of the preeminent uh, reporters in, in, in the mixed martial arts world right now. He asked Habib, he said, he was asking about the, the Conor McGregor fight and, you know, what 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 he think happened and, and how he lost so bad. And, and Habib said, good always going to overcome evil. When this guy starts saying, I do everything myself, everything come from me. I am bigger than God. I am bigger than Jesus. Of course. God going to pay him back. He have mm-hmm. to remember everything come from God. Well, he's absolutely right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> everything good comes from God. And when Conor yeah. McGregor starts walking around saying things like, um, "I'm bigger than Jesus," and and 
Jesus and I are cool because I'm cool with all the gods because gods recognize other gods. All this really disrespectful black stuff. Yeah. It was old for me. I, like there was no chance I would ever support that guy again. Never mind the fact that he's then going around and smacking old guys in bars. Are you, did you see this? Yeah, I I I I had, uh, I had heard it, but I didn't. I don't think I saw it. Yeah, so he punched an old guy in a bar for refusing a, a drink, uh, uh, along with everything else. So th- these are, uh, and yet is continuously rewarded because he's a big draw. He's the biggest draw, probably maybe not anymore because he got he took a beating. But for a long time, he was the biggest draw in the sport. So I, I, I kind of want your thoughts on what that means for the 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 sport of mixed martial arts. That that these kind of behaviors, these immoral behaviors, behaviors that as Catholics we we would we would not be cool with, being being rewarded is is this something that may eventually make us have to leave? mixed martial arts by the wayside and, and, and look for something else. Because one of the reasons I'll tell you, and then, and then, and then I'm, I'll let you answer, I'm sorry. One of the things that really drew me to, to MMA for so long was a lot of these guys are Christian. A lot of them are Catholic. The, the, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, Steve Miocic is, is, is a rosary praying yeah. Catholic. Um, yes. My, uh, uh, I'm going to call him friend, my friend, Boss Rutten, the legend. He's <laughs> a very yeah. Catholic. So yeah. it, that was a lot of what drew me to, to the sport, that and that and that mutual respect I talk about, which we, we do still see it. But I feel yeah. like a lot of this, this this vile behavior is also being rewarded. Do you think that that's going to eventually drag the sport down in the eyes of people like you and I who are trying to to hold to our morality, to our Catholic faith and to abide by the things that it teaches? That's a great question, man. I think it's it's possible. I think, it you know, a lot of it has to do with um, personal conviction. Um yeah, man, it's crazy. I like I personally um, like seeing and it's crazy. You mentioned like Khabib and McGregor, like the Muslim versus the one coming from the Catholic country. Like Khabib, like I have a I have like a a warm place in my heart for him when I hear him talk about God and stuff. And just when I hear his interviews and they're so yeah. like positive and, 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 and given to God because my I went to Uzbekistan and I think he's he's not Uzbek, but he's uh, I don't know, Kazakh. What, do you know what his, his ethnicity is nationality? Oh, I, do. Uh, I do, and now I just completely forgot. Um, he's from Central Asia. So he's from, he's from Dagestan. Dagestani. Oh yeah, da- yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure like that's in Central Asia. He sounds just like my my sensei from from Uzbekistan. You know, like who's also a warm, tender-hearted guy, like just naturally tender-hearted guy, um, so welcoming and loving and stuff. But when I went to Uzbekistan, it was just moss everywhere you know, and, um, it was just like a, it was just very interesting, that experience, which I'm not going to go too deep into off topic, but like, he reminds me of him with his warm heartedness, but being a Muslim though, you know, and like, um, it, it, and, and then you have the, the back, the backwards where you have people that are repping Christianity, you know, our, our, our true faith, but they're exploiting it or they're, you know, just, I don't want to say just Christian in name, but like, they're not representing the faith in the best light. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it is like discouraging. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, it can get to a point where it's like, is this stuff feeding my spirit? You know, like some people's convictions, even like the violence itself, like they kind of turns them off, you know, in their, in their spirit, I guess, which, you know, that's, I guess a person's personal conviction, but, um, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It's it's very it's very weird. It's like when Khabib beat McGregor, it's like that heartwarming feeling of like, yeah, good beat evil. Um, but then he's praising Allah for it. You know, it's like it's like, oh, well, yeah. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, Colt, because this is something that I. It's funny that you say that because this is something that I noticed, and and I don't know if it's always been this way. Or this is a more recent development. I would have to go back and, and, and watch tape on this. Or it was, was post-fight interviews. But the last few fights and in the last few interviews, and I was actually surprised, Habib doesn't say Allah. He says God. Mm, yeah. Wow. I, don't I, didn't that, even, I didn't notice that really. Yeah. That, that struck me as interesting. Now, that may be nothing. It, it, it may be that he um, has the presence of mind to, to make his – his message be more palatable to the Western audience. 
Uh, and if he was yeah. in his, his home country and, and on the big stage, maybe he would have been saying Allah. But he, he said he said, God. Now, I'm I'm one that that um, will never give up hope on someone who seems to have a good heart coming over to the true faith of the Catholic Church. Now, mm-hmm. in could be circumstances, I think that this would take uh, an extraordinary grace because sure. obviously. Obviously, he's so immersed in Muslim right. culture, right? Yeah, but I yeah. do see that 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 spark of um, good-heartedness, for lack of a better term, as you mentioned, yeah. in him that that knowledge of and recognition of good versus evil, and more than just recognizing the concept, understanding which side in a conflict represents, at least in, 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 in the martial arts world, which side in a conflict represents good and which side represents evil. So he's, yeah. it's for him to recognize Conor McGregor is evil. This guy, <laughs> yeah. talking, yeah. talking about my father who died, my wife, yeah. my family saying, I'm going to kill you. He's like, you, it's nothing you say. He's like, you don't say these. You don't right. say these things. I'm right. going to kill you for, for a sport. Yeah. And he said the same thing to Poirier, right? Mm, And recognize someone like Dustin Poirier is representing good. Here's a family man, right? Who who has a wife and children, who has a a charity which does tremendous work. And Habib recognizes this is the side that represents good. Because, because, you know, to be blunt, obviously there's there's a lot in Islam as we know as Catholics, that makes it very easy for its adherents to point to things which are evil as good. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, at least on the surface, Khabib's not doing that. He's recognizing, okay, he has a moral compass to know, look, this guy is engaged in vile behavior. You don't talk about people's family like this. You don't say you're going to kill somebody. And this guy's doing the opposite. This guy's evil and this guy's good. So that gives me a little bit of, a little bit of hope because as we know, our Lord can work all things for the good, um, and it, it, I don't, I don't uh, leave out hope that at some point the miraculous um, circumstances that we can't possibly predict that God would bring Khabib home to the Catholic faith. But as it sits now, he, he's at least publicly embodying the morality that we would be more comfortable with than some of these quote-unquote Christian fighters are, right? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to say like you have a crazy great um khabib impression as well <laughs> yeah well thank you yeah it's awesome spot on yeah spot on i, yeah. I, I listen to a lot sure. of his interviews he's, he's a really interesting guy and um yeah he's always calm and he'll say crazy yeah. things but he'll say them in like a calm way you know just talking about like what he did in a fight or what he was going to do it, mm-hmm. it makes it scarier you know those guys that right. are just like Calmly describing how they're going to beat you, you know, it's right. it's those are the guys I take more seriously than the guy that's like pounding his chest and jumping. Yo, man, I'm going to get right. you know, like right, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say like there's just like a you know, um, a lot of videos out there like these like payback videos, you know, of like the trash talking done in the UFC, and then like the guy that does the trash talking gets like you know is behind whooped typically, you know, like <laughs> yeah, the guys that try to, to try to bully the other fighter. In fact, there's um. I like those videos too. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I I mentioned Boss Rutten earlier, and um, yeah. I have to assume that anyone that's listening to this probably knows who Boss Rutten is because he 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 transcends both of the points of this podcast, right? He is he is both a legend in the world of mixed martial arts and the martial arts, and he's also a very devout Catholic. In fact, he's a Catholic speaker. He 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 goes around and gives talks about the faith. And I've interviewed him yeah. several times. He's a wonderful man, very generous with his time, really good guy, really funny. But there's a funny story about the old days where Boz was a little younger and a little crazier, where he went to a bar with some of his friends. I don't know if it was after a fight or they were just out. And in the bar or the club was Brian Erlacher. Now, if you don't know who Brian mm-hmm. Erlacher, he is an enormous professional football player. Yep. And Boss somehow uh, either either Urlacher got purposefully in the way so that Boss would bump into him and spill a little bit of his beer. You know how guys do that are like that. And yeah. a little bit a little bit of his, his beer got spilled. And he did not know who Boss Rudin was. And he said, Hey man, spill my beer. 
you think you just come in here and bump into people and boss is like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I buy you and all your friends a round of beer on me. No problem. And we're like, that's good enough. That's not good. You've insulted me. And boss is like, oh, wait a minute. I did not insult you. I spilled a little of your beer. I tell you I'm going to buy you and all your friends beer to make it okay. No, that's not good enough. I feel insulted, man. You want to go outside? And now boss says, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Immediately, like all this guy's crew, his entourage, pull Urlacher away. And like they must have explained to him who boss was because two minutes later comes back over and apologizes to boss. And says, <laughs> Dang, <laughs> and says yeah, hey, right. sorry, man, I got a little carried away. I didn't want – and boss was cool. Like, okay, no problem. Let's all get the beers and, you know, be good. But, right. you know, it's, it's it's those guys are the guys that are dangerous. It's not the guys that are that, – now, once in a while, you get a guy that shows out and he can fight. Right, 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 right. The yeah. guys that, are, that can actually handle business don't have to do that. Right. They're, 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 they're secure. They're cool, right, with themselves. They can be kind to other people. They can take an insult on the chin because, you know, whatever, who cares? Right, right, right. Uh, but these guys that act out, I don't even remember how we started talking about this. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but those are often the guys that, you know, that, that, are, that are more clowny. Um, yeah. And I love Boss for that. He, he, he's, he's, he's a great, he's a great, great guy. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's a little worrying that, the sport is now I understand it's a business mm-hmm. and whatever sells sells. And it's not like, and, and one of the things that I admire about Dana White is that he says, I'm not going to tell, you know, past a certain point. Anyway, I'm not going to tell my fighters what to say. And mm-hmm. I think that that's why so many fighters. Now there's a fighter in the UFC and he's, he's either some kind of um, Eastern Christian or he is Catholic or he's Chaldean. I don't know. But there's a fighter, Benil Dariush, and he's great. And after his last win, and he was born in Iran, and um, so he came up in, like, you know, a regime that was not necessarily friendly to Christianity. And um, after his last win, he says, I want to dedicate this fight to all these people in America and around the world who have been affected by cultural Marxism and all this creeping communism. And I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> like this guy's wow, yeah. Yeah. great. Now, can you imagine them allowing a player in the NFL to stand up and say that, or in the NBA? I mean, they'll let LeBron talk about China all day long and how great it is. Right, 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 but, right, right, but, right, yeah. But to speak on the opposite, right? To, to say yeah. the things that are that are in contrast to, the, to, to Christianity and to the Catholic faith and, and such a big platform, you know, the owners would have been having a fit. But Dana White's like, I don't tell my fighters, you know. What to say? And and I think that's why we see so many of these more conservative-minded, more Christian athletes gravitate towards sports like Miss Martial Arts because there is someone like now for whatever his flaws and 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 a, and a severe potty mouth is one of them. Dana White is 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 doing his best, right? The UFC mm-hmm. was also an organization that that consistently kept putting on events through this whole uh, COVID nonsense. Right. Sure, yeah. people, look, he's like, people want to watch sports. I don't think this is as dangerous as they're making it out to be. And he's right. And also, you know, I, I, I have fighters that want to fight. I want them to fight and I want to pay them. This is their livelihood. We're going to do what it takes. And I, you have to respect that. Right, and so I, it's sad for me to see then that that pure business may win out in the sense that the and again, this is society's fault, really, that these kind of people that are behaving in a vile manner are getting rewarded. And that's where I'd like to see a little bit of that, that respect that's inherent in the martial arts make a return. Do you, do you you agree with that? Yeah, I I definitely, definitely would. Um, you know, I, uh, like Colby Covington, like I, you know, again, like, you know, and I'm sorry to the fans who like probably have a little bit more knowledge than me about these topics, but like, you know, I just remember him beefing with, uh, him feuding with, I guess it was Kamaru Us- Usman, and yeah. like, I think he said something racist or something, or he was just saying racist things in general at one point, and like, I was just like, dang, like, <laughs> this is like unprecedented. Like, I-, I was like, I don't know if there's anything like this. Like, this is like crazy to me. And like, when yeah. I when I look at the martial arts and like what it's about and like 
what I was raised on it being about. Um, I always love a good, you know, for example, Mike Chiesa and, and Luke, like, you know, after the fight, they were just like smiling, you know what I'm saying? Hugging um, and stuff like I like that type of stuff. Me personally, I do. Um, mm-hmm. I like the shaking hands. I like the martial artists, you know, the, 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 the battle tested warriors being able to smile and love each other. Like I love it being in the spirit of love. Like I love that stuff because I've been to so many martial arts events, but it's been like that. And that whole like energy has just flooded the whole place. And like, you know, we have kids competing and stuff and like the parents are just, you know, just, everyone's just like in, in, in such a high spirit. It's almost like the, the, the Holy spirit is like flooded the place where it's just like, in this love you know what i'm saying for your competitor like your competition you know what i'm saying like but it's like that's what martial arts is is about to me you know now that's how i kind of relate it back to my own faith is like in the spirit of love but if not careful like that same very sport can suck me into a different kind of spirit you know like the violence can suck me into like a spirit of like coldness or malice if I'm not in the right mindset or if I'm not, you know, like careful or even just a spirit of like, I love the gossip or I love the beef. I love the trash talking. I love when the beef is personal, you know, like we can get sucked into those things. And it's like questioning, like, is God okay with this? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, is God okay with my attitude towards this? Like Muay Thai to me is very entertaining. Like, I I never started watching Muay Thai until, like, I don't know, two years ago. Not watching it, but, like, getting into it and, like, being interested in it. Because I went to college, and there was a Muay Thai. No, there was an MMA club. And there were, you know, my system that I grew up on kind of has some Muay Thai elements. And what they were teaching in the club was going more in-depth with certain, uh, certain stuff. You know, they were teaching the teeth. They were teaching how to how to throw knee strikes to the side and stuff. And, like it made me start watching uh, Muay Thai and like Bacall and like these fighters and like, um, what's the other guy? But anyway, it was very entertaining to me, even the the most brutal knockouts to the point where I was going to, um, what's that others? It's like a, it's a, uh, Lethway. Um, are you familiar with Lethway? No, I don't think so. Yeah. That one guy, he's like the Lethway champion. I don't know if he's French or what, but uh, Lethway is 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 Muay Thai plus some. <laughs> Lethway is you know Muay Thai is the is the art of eight limbs. Lethway is the art of nine limbs. So in Lethway you can headbutt, and in Lethway how you win is you can get knocked out up to three times. So you get knocked out. What? Yeah, if you get knocked out, your opponent. Now keep in mind this is all that I don't know what part of Asia thailand and 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 burma are but that whole region this is muay thai you know thai boxing left way these arts right um in left way you can get knocked out and your coaches have like a minute to drag you back and wake your behind up and you get back in there and then you have three times third time you're done wow these are yeah yeah these are very brutal they're very bloody they're head butts you know and the one guy, he's a, you know, Caucasian guy. He's, you know, that's like out of the ordinary because this is a very native sport. But this guy is like, he's a big guy. Uh, I don't know if he's French or what, but he's like the left way champion of like the world. You know, Joe Rogan interviewed him. He's incredible. But yeah, it's it's crazy. So it almost makes you want to give yourself a morality check. It's like, Lord, like, am I in the right mindset or the right heart? By enjoying this stuff, you know, do I have love while I'm watching it or like, am I sinking my teeth really into a guy getting just beat halfway to death? You know what I'm saying? It's like the casual fans probably going to be like, bro, like, it's just like a fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like it's just like entertainment. Like, it's just a sport. Um, They chose to do that. I don't know. To me, like it can possibly be a morality question, at least a question, you know, at least questioning it, you know. I just think it's fascinating, you know. Yeah, I think I think it it definitely enters into the the realm of morality. I I I don't buy the argument that um, martial arts competitions, even the UFC, 
in general are somehow immoral. Uh, I know that some right. have tried to, to put that forth, but yeah, of course, just like anything, you know, if we don't if we don't exercise the virtue of prudence, nearly anything can become morally problematic. Yes. and that's sort of something that's potentially so so dangerous, both physically and spiritually, as as fighting. So I, I, it's another reason why I, I, I'm keeping my eye on this shift, if it is that, in, in, in what is rewarded in the martial arts and the mixed martial arts. And I'm, I'm hoping that that this desire for vileness will subside and that we'll see a, a return more uniformly to the mutual respect, which, as you said, it, it still exists. And those are the things that make me feel good, too. I love to see a guy, uh, two guys go in there and give it their all, you know, trying to take each other's heads off metaphorically. And then yeah. hug it out afterwards. Right. You know, yeah. Like this was petition. Like we respect we respect each other's skill. We respect each other as men. And 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 now that is over. The combat has ended. And and we can be we can be brothers. Um, yeah. I always love to see that. And it's it's I don't enjoy a fight as much when that that doesn't happen. If someone yeah. continues to grudge or or comes away with a bad spirit, I don't feel. I don't feel like I don't want to say I don't feel like I got my money's worth, but 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 I think for so long that was such an integral part of of the martial arts that when it doesn't take place, I I, I almost do feel gypped, you know? Like I, yeah. I want that resolution. That's 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 part of what they went through. I, I want them right. to 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 put the other things aside if they were there, or to just realize from the jump that that animosity doesn't need to be a part of of what is a sport, um, be it a combat sport or not. Um, we should probably, you know, we didn't, we didn't get to the, the Aldo and Munoz fight, which was awesome. Maybe next episode, yeah. even though a little bit past the fact, we'll, we'll bring that up, but we should probably start to wrap this up. So this, this was, this was great. I really enjoyed this. I hope that all our listeners did too. And before we do go and end the first episode of the Catholic MMA show, Colt, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? And if they don't know, tell them a little bit about what you really do that you what your your musical endeavors are sure yeah man um you guys um so i i basically i, I rap <laughs> i rap a little you know um i i do rap for for the lord and and his church um and we we don't we don't have enough of that i feel um we have a lot of christian rap general christian rap which is uh you know mainly protestant uh market but uh, we're lacking the, the the Catholic contribution. But that's what I do. And um, yeah, you guys can find my music on Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, I have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of it. Colt Kadesh, K-O-L-T uh, space K-O-D-E-S-H. Um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, those are all just one word, Colt Kadesh. And um, yeah, guys, uh, you know, that's me. And um for any of those, you know, you guys out there that are Catholic, that do like hip hop, I would just ask you guys, you know, definitely tune in for what's next. Cause, uh, you know, we have a little army we're building, you know, in the, in the, in the Catholic hip hop realm, there's a few guys that have been out for a while, but there, there's more coming and, 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 you know, that we have a lot of people that love their Christian rap, you know, from, from different artists, mainly Protestant artists, but the Catholics lack their own native you know, people to rep- represent them, you know, and that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, so yeah, guys, just, um, please pray for me and pray for Chris and that's how you guys can find me. God bless y'all. All right. Great stuff. And and I will put links to, uh, everywhere you can find Cole Kadesh and his music in the description of this episode. Okay. Once again, thank you everyone for listening. This has been the inaugural episode, hopefully the first of many to follow of the Catholic MMA show. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon.